When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome back to a bonus episode of the Claret and Blue podcast. We've got a special guest today joining me, Jordan. Thanks for coming over all the way from Leicester. No problem, Dan. Thanks for having me. Um, obviously, big game this week on Wednesday, the first the first leg of the semi-final of the Carabao Cup. Uh, if you'd have said at the start of the season we'd be in the semi-final of the Cup, I probably would have said, nah, well, I'd, I can't see it, but here we are. Uh, generally, just on paper, first of all, um, when you look at that tie, Aston Villa against Leicester over two legs, how, how do you feel about that? Well, fairly positive. Uh, from a Leicester point of view, I think it's the, um, you know, when the draw was made, it was the, the tie that lots of Leicester fans would have picked out. Yeah. Um, Every team in the draw would have picked Villa when Madison Yeah, I th- I, possibly, yes. I, I think particularly because there was, it, the draw was just after the game at Villa Park where Leicester won fairly comfortably. Yeah. Um, so yes, I think there was, the general feeling was that Leicester had got the, the best draw. Um, and, you know, there's a real optimism that they could get to the, um, you know, a, a, a cup final at Wembley. It's the first time Leicester had been in the, semi-finals of any competition uh, for 20 years um, mad so yeah um, which you know so, so it's a really big deal that they've, that they've made it this far um, you know in that time they've been you know they've reached the they've been knocked out by like Wickham in the FA Cup quarterfinal they've been oh, knocked out by some stories of being knocked out by some terrible yeah, teams they've been knocked out by Atletico Madrid in the Champions League quarterfinal so you know it's a real wide range of teams yeah. um, and they've, they've finally they've finally managed to do it so um yeah, it's a it's a huge game for Leicester, and I think they'll be feeling fairly positive going into it. Before we get too far into this, if you can just explain who you are, all <laughs> oh, right, yeah, sorry. Because um, we know each other, but for the audience that don't know, yeah. So I'm uh, Jordan John Blackwell. I am the uh, Leicester Mercury and Leicestershire Lives uh, Leicester City correspondent, uh, sort of following the the club home and away, uh, keeping on top of things. Um, uh, and it's a, a very enjoyable job to do at the moment uh, yeah. because you get to see them win most weeks. So. Um, I don't know whether we were allowed to even talk about this or not, but are you a Leicester fan? Uh, I am, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, before I got the uh, before I got the job, I was a season ticket holder. So nice, um, living the dream. Yeah, I think I think I'm, I think I'm allowed to admit that I'm a Leicester fan. So, um, but yes, yeah. So it's been uh, it's been really good. The fact that it's um, sort of coincided with maybe even the best sort of five year period in the club's history is um is particularly exciting yeah nice um so going back to the game at villa park earlier this season we did a podcast after it and obviously we're not silly enough to sit there and go oh well how annoying to be beaten by leicester second in the league or, or wherever you were um but i felt that day in particular as much as leicester were good we were we were poor that day and we kind of made you look even better than you were kind of thing that we didn't really show much fight and we weren't particularly great how did you assess that game from a Leicester perspective, and what what did you think of Villa? Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. I think uh, I wouldn't say that uh, I thought Villa did particularly badly. I didn't think defensively they were were that organised, which yeah. I think makes a team look worse. Um, but I mean, the first ten minutes, you know, I felt like Leicester were having real trouble with um, 
with Villa, particularly because Leicester changed their formation. They went to this diamond midfield. They didn't quite have the width. Um, and I think they were kind of overloaded, um, particularly on Leicester's right-hand side, so Villa's left, I think with Matt Target running down the wing. Yeah. Uh, there was a few times where he was able to, he had loads of space to get crosses in. I think he, he played one low ball that Algarzi hit the bar. Um, yes. you, know, and it, you know, if that had gone in, it yeah. might, might have been a different game. Um, but I think after that first 10 minutes, Leicester kind of worked it out. And I think from there, they, they really dominated. And I think it was, yeah, Villa seemed to lack organisation at the back. Obviously, it didn't help that, that Mings got uh, injured. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems like Leicester created a lot of chances that game. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say Villa played badly. Um, I thought going forward, they looked pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think Leicester were, were clearly the... the uh, the more well-rounded team and the more organised team. Yeah, the tactical switch to play more narrow against us almost kind of bamboozled us a little bit to go, oh, I almost don't know what to do now. Like everything we kind of would usually do by playing wide, we can't do that anymore. We seem a little bit sort of, more well, now what? Yeah, but I think, concerning. It's, um, I think it was a case of Rogers actually realising that oh, yeah, how good Villa are. I think in the sense that he he, he knew that the, the players in the middle, particularly with... Although Grealish, I think his official position was was left wing. Yeah, he, he cuts in all the time, and then you've also got uh, McGinn in there and Douglas Louise. And I think Rogers was very keen because of the the tons of players. I mean, Rogers in the in the lead up to the game, Rogers said that he tried to sign McGinn um, when he was at, yeah. when he was Celtic manager. Said he came round to his house and everything, but Villa managed to to convince him. Um, Didn't make him a nice cup of tea or something. And yeah, he did. Yeah, him, yeah, he said that. Yeah, he said I had a nice long chat with him, but couldn't um, <laughs> but couldn't convince him, and he ended up going to Villa a couple of weeks later. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I think he realised that's maybe where Villa were best. Yeah, um, and so that's why he's kind of packed that midfield with. Indeed, Tielemans, Pratt, and Madison. Um, you know, and the you know all four of those are very talented players in their own right. But they've they've been playing very well together. Um, so it, yeah, it it did work, and they managed to kind of um, restrict that threat from the middle, um, so that Villa's only real route was was down the wings. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I said that they had that chance at the start, but beyond that, Leicester kind of worked it out and they managed to sort of stop Villa creating too, too many opportunities. Funny enough, the last, the last time we played Leicester, we did our podcast and we didn't even mention the whole Grealish versus Madison thing. We kind of got to the end of it. It's like, oh, didn't even mention that, like the thing that everyone's talking about. So we did like a special episode with the guys up from the, well, they're based at the Liverpool Echo and they do like the, the stats and stuff for the, for the company as a whole. And they recorded a podcast for us about Grealish and Madison from a stats perspective, right, okay. which is still relevant now it's on our itunes feed somewhere i'll put a link uh, in the in the youtube video if you're watching what do you think about those two players it, it, it's obviously maybe some biases you're a list fan i'm a villa fan is madison the better player to you can, um, you, can you can you separate the two are they different players i think i think they've become different play- well i think they're a little bit similar because leicester leicester were looked at both when leicester signed madison they looked at both um but it turned out that um i think the 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 biggest point was that Madison was the cheaper player. Mm. Um, you know, I think they managed to get Madison for just over 20 million. I think Grealish would have cost a lot more than that. Um, so I think is they're obviously both players that the, the club like. I think the, in terms of the comparison between them, I, 
I don't really like to compare them because I think they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're both very good players and it feels like when you're comparing them, you're saying that one of them is rubbish, but it's clearly not the case. Um, I think Madison's game has changed slightly this season, so it's difficult to compare them now yeah. um, because he has to do a lot more defensive work. Um, because he's last season he was an out and out number 10 didn't really have any defensive duties his main job was to create and score goals this season um, he's playing as a what Rogers calls a number 8 which is kind of means you're more of an an all round box to box and field and yeah. actually Madison's you, you wouldn't think Madison's the sort of player because he's kind of he's flamboyant in you know um, you wouldn't assume he's the sort of player that could get stuck in but actually he's done a really good job of that but I think that's probably you know, then if you were the, to compare the stats, maybe you wouldn't see that Madison has done as well in an attacking sense because he's got more defensive duties. Yeah. I, in terms of goals, I know he's already eclipsed his total from last season. Um, but is that Madison? Yeah, yeah, because Jack has uh, done that. I know Jack. Yeah, yeah Grish has done that uh, as well. Um, you know, for, particularly for Grish to to eclipse last season when he was in the championship last season, yeah. it's very, very good. Um, and but I, I think Grealish has got a few more assists than Madison has this season, which is that's the area that Madison's not quite been quite as good I think maybe because there's not an onus on him to do all the creative work now yeah because Telemans is in the team as well and the wide players are expected to to create more um so Madison's only real kind of you know he I think he last season he was the he had the most key passes in the which like as in terms of chances created in the league um he won't be that this season just because his role has changed yeah. um but Yes, they're both clearly very good players, but you know, I would always, I would always choose Madison over Grealish. It's funny, isn't it? Because like when you say some of those things about being a number eight, being a bit more box to box, having to do a bit more defensive duties, I'm thinking that sounds like Jack Grealish. Oh, like, really? like, oh, right, he, okay. He's had yeah. to do a bit more of that, and he does it better than you would you would expect. He isn't he isn't playing number ten, and for the last I don't know seven or eight games, he's played out starting on the left and, and coming inside. He's moved back into midfield, which I, I prefer him in, in that role. I guess the difference is, and I suppose this is asking you to kind of look into a crystal ball a little bit. Madison is playing in a team that is second in the league, and there's a lot of quality players in there. Jack Grealish is head and shoulders above the rest of the Villa squad, and on a stats perspective, is better than Madison. So, would it kind of work in the sense that if Madison was in a, we- a weaker team, would he shine as much, or would he kind of stand out more because the onus is on him? Whereas Jack Grealish is doing well in a poorer team, so Jack Grealish goes and plays for Leicester or Liverpool or whoever, and is he even better? Like it's, it's yeah, I think, yeah, I, I agree with that point. I think um, yes, I think it's a case that Madison wouldn't look um, as good in a in a poorer team. Um, he needs he needs the ball to work with. I think he's one area that he's very good is the way he manoeuvres space for himself yeah um, in terms of you know the body feints and things like that I think that's where he's, he's very very good um, but uh, yeah I think if he was playing in a in a weaker team maybe you wouldn't see him um, because I think in a weaker team you generally have less of the ball um, that's the thing for Jack because he's the star man even though we're a weaker team, he gets the ball often because yeah. it's just just give it to Jack and let him do his thing. Yeah, but maybe that's yeah, maybe that would be the case if Madison was playing in a certainly because that was the case last season. Also, I'm not saying for the Villa fans watching that, that our team is poor. Besides Jack, he's just so much better yeah. than everyone else that it just kind of feel like just give it to him and he'll do something out of nothing and we'll rely on that. A little yeah, bit. maybe that was the case of Leicester last season, but I think because the team as a whole is much better this season. Yeah, um, maybe there's it's not a case of 
oh, we need to get the ball to Madison. It doesn't really matter who it goes to. It doesn't matter if it goes yeah. to Tielemans or Perez on the right, Barnes on the left, or whoever's playing out wide. Um, just one of those four has eventually got to get it to Vardy. Uh, whereas last season, it was only Madison that could get it to Vardy. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think, but I, I agree with your point there that I think, um, although Grealish's numbers are very impressive, even, you know, just in general, they are particularly impressive given he's playing for a, a team, you know, uh, towards the bottom of the league. Yeah, we're both not foolish enough to sit here and think oh yeah well Grealish is better so Madison is is poor yeah. and, and vice versa for me both should be in the England squad yeah. Jack yeah. T- in my biased opinion I think is good enough to start for England let alone just being, being around the squad don't know whether you can get away with a team with Madison and Grealish playing together no no um, but I don't know who knows maybe maybe that is the yeah, option yeah they've certainly got the, they're the sort of technical players that you would want in an England team I think yeah. you, you occasionally occasionally feels like the the kind of the runners and the workhorses are picked over the the real special players um but i think you know in terms of excitement and bringing excitement to the national team madison and grealish are the sorts of players that you want yeah. in the side yeah because i look at grealish as without doubt the best player that i've i've seen i'm only 24 so it's not, i've got it's been a lot of poor years of watching <laughs> yeah. so it's not hard but without doubt he's he's such a unique talent jack that you kind of look at that for, from an England perspective and think how could that not be enough for Paul to get him in the squad uh, there was a clip from Southgate earlier this season talking about like oh he's playing out on the left and you've got Sancho and Sterling it's like well yeah he's not he's not better than players like that but he's not really a, a left winger he's a yeah. he's a midfielder playing out wide in a Villa team because that's the system we're playing at the moment he's such like an individual unique talent that there's just something about him that's attractive to watch the way he kind of floats around the ball and can, and just holds the ball long enough to get the pass to somebody and the way he'll, I mean the amount of times you see him kind of just drop the shoulder to the right and then curl the ball top bins against yeah. Man United the one against uh, against Burnley as well you, you just know he's going to do it but people can't stop it because he's yeah. just so kind of elegant on the ball and I've not seen enough of Madison say that he's not that but for him again from a bias perspective I look at Jack as being <laughs> I can't not say that Jack isn't a better player yeah, because I just think he's so much better than most players of that um, position. That it just, I mean, the fact that he plays for Villa and we're struggling with relegation, like it's, that's mad to me that he's not better than that level already. Yeah. Um, but between the two, the whole kind of comparison of you, know, you see things on Twitter, a poll here and there, like this, retweet that. It's like, what's the point? They're, they're both good yeah, players. Yeah, can, can yeah, yeah. It does it feel that? like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think it's a? Do you think it's a case that they would? Villa's survival is necessary to to keep him Grealish. Hundred percent. If oh, we okay. if we go down, he's gone. Right. And okay. I kind of you can't begrudge him of that any longer. I don't no, think as yeah. a Villa fan, he, I thought he'd go the year we went down. Yeah. yeah. Um, the year that we didn't go up, I thought okay, well, he's done. He's done a year in the Championship. He'll go now. The fact that we got to hold on to him for as long as we did, managed to get promoted, and he's still there. He's now the captain. Yeah. That's it's such like a, a nice story to be able to follow. That he's kind of he's one of us. He's kind of living our dream. Yeah. If we go down, he definitely leaves, and you know, I won't complain at that. Villa would would need the money as well, and he. I mean, I don't know what would you what would you rate him for? What was his oh, value? I think in the. I mean, obviously, because there's a lot of transfer rumors around James Madison at the minute, and kind of thinking about his price tag, I think Greenish would be in a similar amount. But I think you're looking at. I mean, yeah. I would say you're looking at 50 plus. Oh, I would say at, at least, least maybe 60 plus for his left foot. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. I mean that's the thing. You kind of have to. 
you kind of have to base these numbers on previous transfers and that Leicester got £80 million for Harry Maguire means yeah. they kind of, I think, I think to say you know, it's not going to happen, um, but say Madison, someone like Madison did leave, they would the fee would be compared to the Maguire fee and I think they'd think oh okay well if Maguire's gone for 80 million we want at least 80 million for Madison yeah. you know as, as good a player um, so yes I think you the less, uh, Villa would be in for a windfall if if they did sell Grealish because yeah because there would be a lot of teams interested and they would be able to get a big fee but of course I'm sure they would rather stay up and yeah, keep yeah, him exactly that's the thing there's a difference between cash value of what this player is actually worth which is probably I don't know somebody would probably realistically pay 60, 70 million for him to Villa, he's worth a hundred million plus. Yeah, because he is key to us staying up, and we get a hundred million plus for staying in the league. He's he's that valuable to us as a player. And also, he's a, would he go for a hundred million? No, because no. somebody wouldn't offer that, and we'd we'd accept less, I think. But to Aston Villa, he's irreplaceable, and we would need that kind of money to even consider replacing him. Yeah, and also, it's the, I mean, it's not something that's ever considered in a value in a transfer fee. But there's the the personal connection as well mm. and the fact that he is a you know yeah. he's a, a villa lad if you like um you know he's he, he's a he's a local player so it kind of those things never factored into to transfer fees but in terms of a the feeling towards him you know uh, that probably does add to, to fans it adds yeah, yeah. you know a, you know another 10 or so uh, million <laughs> onto it well, we'll we'll move away from uh, touting our best players away to, <laughs> yeah, to sales because yeah. i definitely don't want that <laughs> definitely don't want that day to come um Back to Wednesday, um, or tomorrow, as this comes out, both teams will play a full a full strength eleven. We we're kind of talking before the cameras started rolling that you can't use an excuse of oh, a cup run is a distraction. Like the two, the two games are scheduled in now. There's one more. Like you might yeah, as well, yeah. you might as well absolutely go for it now. It's not like the FA Cup where you look at it and go, oh, we've got six rounds before we get to the final, or whatever. Like we're here now, two legged uh, tie. Us being home second, I count that as some kind of advantage if we're still in, in the first leg obviously if we lose the first leg 5-0 then there's no point playing the second one but if we can kind of come away with it with a 1-0 a defeat a draw if we can nick a win maybe I'd, I'd fancy you're saying it in the, in the one-off game at Villa Park but I mean, Leicester are just such a good side and we're not playing great at the moment that I am slightly concerned um, for your guys you've got to be looking at that as a We've, we've we've got to be making the final here shortly. Yeah, I think the fact that they're that they're favourites, um, kind of yeah, there will be there will be. A, I suppose there's a pressure with that, but it's, yeah. to be honest, it's something that Leicester have dealt really well with this season. I think Leicester's record against um, teams outside the top seven this season, they've won every single one apart from one where they drew to Norwich. Um, but you know that's that's a really good record for when you yeah. when you are favourites um, in games so there's a yeah I think they've, they've dealt with that that pretty that, that tag pretty well this season yes they, they will definitely be playing a full strength team um, I think it's uh, you know I think there's a, a real hunger for silverware in, at the club I think a lot if you haven't spoken to a lot of the players they said that once they won that, and I know that it's not quite the same team as the as the title winning team from um, four years ago, but they say having that experience of winning silverware yeah. makes you want even more, which you would think, well, maybe you would be satisfied once you've won one thing, particularly winning the Premier League <laughs> when they were absolutely not expected to. But no, actually, they say they want they want to win even more. Yeah. Um, so, and I know it's the League Cup is probably the lesser of the three domestic trophies, but it's still 
it's still um still a trophy it's still yeah. a medal it's still an extra something on your wikipedia page it's um <laughs> anyone can update those oh days. actually yeah, that's a good point yeah um but uh yeah so i think it's um it's a it's a real big deal for the for both the club the fans and and, and the players obviously i would ask you to kind of look at the villa side and say who, who would you be concerned about but there's basically one answer and that's obviously jack Grealish. yeah from the other perspective is the kind of a standout player or maybe maybe a underrated is probably the better word player from Leicester that we should be concerned about it's obviously a Vardy or a, a Tielemans of players that you look at and go yes obvious obvious quality is there somebody that's kind of is maybe a bit of an underdog that we, we need to be wary of yeah it's difficult to say from my point of view because I feel like I've been really bigging up all of the players this <laughs> season I think I think the um I think indeed he goes unnoticed a little bit, but that's mainly because of the role he does, yeah. you know, in terms of mopping up and making tackles and, and things like that. Um, but he really ensures that Leicester dominate in the midfield. Um, but again, he's not he's not that type of player that, that you wouldn't you would never refer to him as a danger man because he's not he doesn't have that kind of threat. Yeah, but I think um, but a danger from stopping us. You know, if he's stuck on Grealish for the game, oh yeah, nullifies Aston yeah. Villa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it's. Looking from the other point of view, I think the, I think we often kind of even in my lifetime the kind of the role of the fullback has changed, and I think they're now. I mean, when I played Sunday League and I was a right back, it was very much <laughs> I, w- I was only a defender. Yeah. Uh, occasionally you overlap your winger, but not really that often. Um, but nowadays you there are essentially attacking players, and I think yeah. Leicester do have very good ones. And I think I know Liverpool's a. Liverpool's fullbacks are talked about um, often as you know there's kind of the the modern examples of, of how a how, uh, fullback should play but I think Leicester Leicester's are very good and I think Ricardo Pereira is extremely good um, and even though he is a right back um, he is one of Leicester's most creative players and one of the most talented players um, so and I think sometimes that's because the the players playing further forward like Vardy, Madison and Tielemans take uh, the limelight a little bit he sometimes doesn't get quite as much um, credit as he deserves but he is I mean he's Leicester's reigning player of the season and he could well win it again this year uh, he's been playing that consistently well um, so yeah I would say he's probably one to to, to watch out for the, diff- the difficulty of that as well is that our left side is probably the weak the weak point um, Matt Target was playing there averagely I would say he's traditionally you would say he's more of an attacking wing back rather than a full back going forward I don't think he's amazing he's better than Neil Taylor who's the alternative defensively he's looked very shaky he's injured now I think he's out Wednesday I've not seen anything but he didn't play against Burnley and Neil Taylor had to play Burnley was the first time we switched to a three at the back when you're playing wing backs and Neil Taylor is notorious for not being great going forward either so if, if we persist with the three at the back which I think we will we dropped it against Fulham in the cup uh, because we, I think we were saving our centre-backs essentially Tyron Mings didn't play Grealish wasn't even in the squad etc um, Smith kind of said that you know, we've got big games in January and this isn't really a priority as, as kind of sad as that is for the, for the FA Cup we've got a Cup semi-final and three league games I think left in January still so you know, big games there that take priority if we persist with that three at the back and Neil Taylor is having to play wing-back against a very good full-back on the other side for, for Leicester that's a bit of a concern Um and actually, I was. I think if if Leicester think that Villa are going to play with three at the back, Leicester might copy them. Do you think uh, Leicester did that at Newcastle um, on New Year's Day? 
which they'd not played it all season. They played Newcastle, who played with three centre backs and the wing backs. Wow. Okay. And Leicester changed their formation to go to match them man for man. Um, and it worked. They won 3-0. They, they, they were dominant. Um, so, yeah, they might do that. Although Leicester's only problem now is that uh, with two centre-backs being injured in the FA Cup game on Saturday, yeah. they're actually down to two out-and-out centre-backs, albeit Christian Fuchs can play on the left side of a three-man uh, defence. But, they, you know, if, if then one of them, those three was to get injured, they wouldn't have anybody to play that uh to continue that, um, so that that be an in, that yeah that would be an interesting one. Because I think if Leicester if Leicester were to match up man for man, I think you would say that they have the the quality, and certainly it frees up like Ricardo on the, as right wing back and Chilwell yeah. as left wing back. They are the sorts of players that real really prosper um, as wing backs because there's slightly fewer defensive duties for them. Yeah, it is an interesting one because that that Leicester game when when you switched it to be more uh, compact in the middle kind of makes you look at this as a more tactical battle between the managers whereas if like you say we're gonna, if we do go with this through at the back which I think we will and I think we should because we looked better against Burnley than we have for the, the last five or six games at least we looked to have more time on the ball a bit more control admittedly I thought Burnley were very poor I think they'll be mm. they'll be down there this year you kind of look at Burnley where it's like oh tough place to go it's not actually <laughs> anymore it's a bit of a, a, you know, a season or two out of date now um, but we looked more comfortable the only issue with that is that you've got your striker gets an ACL yeah. and your goalkeeper gets the same. So the ch- changes are going to be made for Villa to their starting eleven. Now, I don't think we're going to sign anybody before Wednesday. If we do, I would assume people are going to be cup-tied anyway. So we've got Jonathan Codger, who's likely to play up front, unless we stick a winger up front or something, which I'm not a fan of doing things like that. And you're probably playing three at the back for the second time this season against a, a Leicester side that look comfortable at whatever they do. So and I don't want to be too pessimistic about it because... Obviously, my real fan, I want us to go out and win every game, but you can't help look at Leicester away in the cup when there's, you know, as much as us getting to a final would be massive as well for you. It's a, a big thing, especially for this season. If you kind of finish in the top four, maybe finish second and win the win the uh, Carabao Cup, that's a, a great season. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot on the line. I kind of just look at it and think, oh, I'm a little bit concerned for Villa here. I don't, I, I'm not sure we're gonna be able to get to the final. Yeah, I think it's. A, I think maybe if it was. A regular for a, you know a regularity for Leicester that they were in this position. Maybe there would be a case where um, where Villa could take advantage of that. But I think because it's been so long that Leicester mm. have been in this position, I think they are going to be totally focused on okay. on this. Well, um, when the draw came out, I wanted Man United, which probably tells you one yeah. Man United aren't what they used to be, and I'm quite scared of Leicester. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I want Man United in, in a two-legged game. Yeah, well, that's the yeah. I think that's that's the thing. I think Leicester have have really proven that they are. Uh, you know, they're a team to be feared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and particularly, uh, you mentioned the the Villa injuries there. You know, other than you know, a couple of sort of uh, reserve uh, or sort of backup centre backs, Leicester don't really have any, so they will be able to. I know Vardy's missed a, f- a few games, but he is expected to be fit um, uh, for Wednesday. So I think it's a yeah, Leicester of you know, every, everything is pointing towards um, uh, a Leicester win. But football doesn't uh, work like that. No, maybe, it maybe no. there's a chance. Um, but, um, and I know we, we were speaking before about the 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 second leg is actually the yes. like, there is a little bit more hope there for um for Villa because of the way the sort of the fixtures have fallen um with Leicester with Leicester being in the fourth round of the FA Cup uh and Villa not being I think it's um Leicester will only have like a a two day break yeah let's, let's actually check how it how it lies I think Villa have got a full week 
Um, Play midweek on the 21st against Watford, which is a massive game, by the way. You play on the 22nd. Yeah, home which to West Ham. The yeah. Wednesday. Um, and then the 25th is FA Cup fourth round, which obviously we won't be in. And then the, the game, the second leg for us to be at home is the 28th, which is the Tuesday. So we play Tuesday, Tuesday. And you play Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah. So there's a day three games rest in seven days for last three games in seven days. Which, I mean, obviously a lot of that uh, we're talking two week, two weeks away or more now. If you win the first leg, three nil. The second leg's largely irrelevant. <laughs> I'd struggle to see us turning yeah. a big deficit around. But if it's one all or something on Wednesday, and then we're coming back to Villa Park with an advantage, the home advantage, and you've played an extra game to us and had a day's less rest. You know, if, you know, you might get an injury to Vardy or whatever. Like, well, yeah. we're being very hypothetical because we can only be that so far ahead of time. But the whole dynamic of the tie shifts. Then, as of today, on sixth uh, of January, I'm looking at it going, "Oh, there's no way we make it to Wembley." If Wednesday kind of goes our way and then the second leg is is favourable as well, all of a sudden you're going, "Yeah, yeah, I quite fancy us." All of a sudden, yeah, well, that's the thing. It can it can all turn around. Um, I think that's you know, there's. I do think the the two-legged aspect to it kind of takes away the luck element, I think. Yeah. Um, In it, a one-off it, game, anything could, could happen, yeah, couldn't it? Yeah, I think you, you you know, have 180 minutes kind of, um, you yeah, normally the better team um, goes through when it's 180 minutes. But it wasn't, wasn't that long ago sorry to bring it up but it wasn't that long ago that Bradford beat oh. Villa in a two-legged semi-final so you know terrible it, memories that, that, that should be the game that, that gives <laughs> Villa a little bit of hope I think yeah so to kind of wrap it up then because uh, again we, we fall into the trap of being a bit too hypothetical over team selections things because so, so much can change we're recording this on a Monday so even two days before the game things, things could change um, if you had to put your neck on the line for a score prediction for Wednesday first what, 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 do, you, what do you say? For Wednesday, I will say 3-1. I don't think Leicester will keep a clean sheet. Um, uh, I think just because of the way that the Villa play, having having seen them, you know, um, a couple of times, but obviously mainly the the game at Villa Park, I felt like they were, you know, they were quite attacking. Um, So I think there'll be enough players there uh, to get at least a goal, but I think Leicester, yeah, I think Leicester will create plenty and they'll have all their their best sort of attacking talents on the uh, on the pitch. So I'll say, oh yeah, I'll say three one. Do you think the tie will be over on Wednesday? Do you think that'll be enough? Oh, I don't. I think with two goals in it, no, I don't think it will be over after the first leg. No. Okay. I hope it isn't. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and go, oh yeah, I think it was going to be over in the first leg. Um, I don't know. I like to think maybe if we kind of things go our way a little bit, we're in such a Besides Burnley, where we look better, we're in a bad run of form. Mm. We're, we're, we're not down the bottom for for you know bad luck. If we can nick a draw, I think that's a very successful result. Kind of just one of those. My head tells me we're probably going to lose. My heart says, "Oh, come on, Villa, you might do it. You might do it." <laughs> I had a, I did a podcast um, before I worked here, and we did have predictions for the start of the year, and I put League Cup win Villa brackets. Why not? Is that okay? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, Why is not? It, you're supposed to. You're supposed to dream. That's the yeah, thing. Exactly. I think uh, even with Leicester in the league at the minute, I think I can't, don't know how many points Liverpool are clear at the minute. Thirteen, I think, with a game in hand. Um, Ridiculous. And it by the seems way. it's obviously so unlikely that Leicester would would win the league. But 
you got to let people. You yeah. got to let people actually dream and you, got, you know be, four, be optimistic four about four it. Four months of football um, left, yeah. What's the point if you give yeah. up now? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I know. I know. It's kind of well, particularly my job to kind of <laughs> analyze things from a you know from a realistic standpoint. But I'm all for fans, you know, having yeah. having hope. And I think even from a Villa perspective, they've got to go into this game f- feeling positive. Even the fact that they've made it to a semi final in the final four. Yeah. You know, on a pure probability basis, there's a 25 percent chance that they'll win it. Yeah, um, I so. like it. I like this. <laughs> sounds better. Already. That's one of those, isn't it? If, if Wednesday kind of, you know, all it takes is a. I, mean, I don't know why the VAR is in in use, by the way. But yeah, I think it is. Yeah. It only takes something like that going away that you get a horrible goal chalks off for a toenail being offside, and yeah. we scrap a goal off somebody's backside, and we're one nil up, and everything's to- that's what fo- what makes football so good, isn't it? Yeah, the, the yeah un- definitely. The unpredictability yeah. of it. Um, but yeah, it's one of those. I, I struggle to kind of look ahead and think, oh yeah, I can book my trip to, to Wembley, but who knows? Mm. Dream the dream. Yeah. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps up our little Leicester Villa special. We'll probably have another chat before the second leg, depending on how the tight goes. Yeah, the, <laughs> moods, the moods might be quite different. <laughs> if, if we're 4-0 if we're down at half-time on Wednesday, we won't be doing another video. Um, so thank you to anyone that's that's watched this on YouTube or listened on Spotify, Acast or iTunes. If you want to leave us a nice little positive review, that would be lovely. Uh, thanks to Jordan for coming over from Leicester for a start. It's a, a nice bonus for me to not have to leave the office to, to the East Midlands. Uh, so thank you for that. And um, we'll see who the best team wins on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, fingers crossed it's Leicester. Not for us. <laughs> Don't forget you want a Villa podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's on. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the Villa. Up the Villa.